0: chapter twenty three of making fate by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty three principles and professions in due course of time the first sabbath in the new year arrived and ralph bramlett succeeded in creating fully as much of a sensation as he had planned his mother was better but too ill to think of attending church This being the case, he had magnanimously decided to tell her of his intentions that Sabbath morning. He had been touched by her way of receiving the news. She was a shy, quiet mother, always dominated by her children, especially by her son. But she had kissed him, a thing she had not seemed to find an opportunity to do since he had considered himself a man, and shed a few tears over him, as she told him that he was her dear boy that she had always known he would be a comfort to her, and that she had long looked forward in the hope of such a day. If she could only be in church to see him received, her bliss would be complete. He had returned the kiss warmly, and assured her that he meant to be a comfort to her always in the future as in the past, and had gone away feeling that he was a good son in every way, that there were not many like him as they were driving to church ralph bethought himself that it might be better to explain matters to his father lest the surprise be too great for him mr bramlett was not a professing christian but his son had no hesitancy in talking about such topics with him and felt at no loss for the proper words by the way father he said just as his father had concluded a sentence about the unusually mild weather they were having for that time of year I am to unite with the church to-day. I thought I would perhaps better mention it, lest you might be taken by surprise. Well, said Mr. Bramlett, the single word bristling with surprise. I certainly am astonished. I hadn't thought of such a thing. When did you decide that? It is a sudden move on your part, isn't it? Not particularly so, sir. My mind was made up some days ago. Well said mr bramlett again after a thoughtful silence i suppose i am glad to hear it i ought to be i respect that sort of thing when it is genuine i hope you know what you are about and mean it i generally know what i am about i believe said ralph with dignity yes you think you do i am sure what i mean is that it would be a serious matter to make any mistakes in this line it always seemed to me to be a very important thing this making a profession of religion i know a good many people who don't appear to do anything but profess it but there is a genuine kind and i have seen it i wouldn't want any other kind myself i don't think i understand you sir i trust you do not mean to intimate that i am not earnest in this matter that my kind isn't genuine oh no no of course not i didn't mean anything special i was only trying to put you on your guard young people sometimes enter into that sort of thing thoughtlessly i think though you are not one of the thoughtless sort exactly either well i hope you will be glad of it silence for a few minutes then mr bramlett spoke again you will be getting out of your present business pretty soon won't you i don't know why i am sure the son spoke testily what has my present business to do with it i am giving entire satisfaction i believe to my employers and i am earning more money than has been earned in a single day on the farm since i have known it why should i undertake to make a change at least in these hard times oh i don't know you know what i think about these things ralph i am not a professor of religion myself but as a man i have my views you know i have never looked with satisfaction on this business of yours there is something to be considered besides money it didn't seem to me that it belonged to a religious profession to have to do with a distillery if you will excuse the expression sir i must say that i consider that utter nonsense i have no more to do with the distillery than you have i suppose i would abolish it to-morrow if i had the power i am certainly just as much of a temperance man as i ever was in my life but why not look at these things from a common sense standpoint instead of as children the distillery is in existence and its bookkeeping has to be done by somebody why in the world shouldn't i do it and get the salary which they are willing to pay for it there is neither more nor less liquor made because i am keeping the books i look at that from a purely business point of view as matters stand with us i cannot afford to throw away a fifteen hundred dollar salary for the sake of sentiment is it mere sentiment ralph suppose the business were the making of counterfeit money his son gave an irritable twist to his shoulders and prefaced his reply by a contemptuous exclamation which is beyond the scope of orthography he did not believe that his father's strength consisted in argument that strikes me as an exceedingly irrelevant remark, as far from referring to a parallel case as possible. The making of counterfeit money is against the law. The business in which the Snyders are engaged is sustained by the laws of the land, and they occupy an exceedingly respectable position in the world. If I ever reach as prominent a place as any member of that firm holds in the world's opinion, I shall have cause to be thankful.' it does not seem to be necessary for us to discuss these matters any further father my mind is quite made up and my conscience is entirely at ease meantime the family you will remember is profiting by my decision it would not have been possible for me to have surrounded my mother with as many comforts as i have since she has taken ill if it had not been for the salary which it seems to be orthodox to despise if his aim was to silence his father he succeeded mr bramlett was not at any time a man of many words the day was beautiful and the large church was well filled those who were not regular in their attendance at any other time made an effort to get out to the first communion service of the year that time which seems to be almost weighed down with the good and weak resolutions of the careless and ill at ease a larger number than usual of those who were not communicants were present it had in some way gotten abroad among the young people of their circle that ralph bramlett was on that day to be received into the church in short nearly everything connected with this new departure of his had worked according to his mind dr ford upon being notified of the young man's intentions had expressed his unbounded gratification thereat and had taken the deepest interest in the whole matter among other questions asked had come this do you care to tell me what led you to a consideration of this subject or rather what led you to make the final decision over this ralph had reflected thoughtfully for a few moments and then had replied that he supposed he might say that he had brought himself to the decision the question had presented itself to him one night not only as eminently practical but as one which a reasonable person ought to decide without further delay and he had accordingly done so this reply seemed to impress his pastor exceedingly he repeated it to the examining committee and remarked that it was an illustration of the power of a cultivated conscience and an encouraging reminder of the fact that the truth was working in quiet ways of which they knew nothing He went home greatly encouraged, and told his wife that young Bramlett was a rather unusual young man. Truly he should think a man of decision and of action. Such a person ought to be a power among young men especially. He looked to see results from the stand which had been taken that day. His wife said, Bramlett, there is but one young man in the Bramlett family, is there? He must be the one who has accepted a clerkship in that great distillery where the Snyders make their money. A rather strange position for one to take who was contemplating uniting with the church, was it not? Yes, said the minister thoughtfully. I suppose this decision came afterwards. I had forgotten that he was employed there. Of course, he is only a bookkeeper, but then, if he were my son, I shouldn't like it. He will probably make a change as soon as he can. Some things are queer, my dear. Perhaps we should not expect too much of young men who have to earn their own living. I learned the other day that our Mr. Bemis, who has been a member of this church for at least thirty years, is the probable owner not only of that large hotel on the corner of Bond and Belmont streets, but of the café and saloon connected with it on the other corner. "'Is it possible?' said mrs ford still an owner seems a little different doesn't it he doesn't run the hotel no he only leases it for a very large sum and pockets the money some of it he puts into our church quite a good deal indeed he is benevolently inclined you know the hotel is chiefly famous for the choice wines and liquors which it furnishes its guests what can we look for from the ralph bramlets of the world when the church sets them such brilliant examples he sighed as he spoke he was a young minister and had not been long in this pastorate and every day gave him some fresh item to consider there were times when he could not but feel that the problems of life were thickening around him oh for young strong men to lean upon and to lead into the thick of the conflict would ralph bramlett prove such an one the examining committee had decided that his examination was eminently satisfactory so was his public reception it was as he had supposed it would be more marked because of his coming entirely alone one or two of the brethren had commented on that they said it showed independence of character and a strong conviction of his duty it cannot be denied that as the young man stood before the altar listening to and giving grave assent to the articles of faith which that church held he looked in all respects the model more than one mother thought so and sighed and wished that their sons could have stood beside him some of them thought that his mother ought to have been there to see they gathered about him after service old friends and many new ones and shook hands and congratulated him and themselves some of them spoke earnest words of advice old men in the church who held his hand in a firm grasp as they did so and he bent his head toward them and listened with deference and honestly meant to profit by their words and looked handsome and distinguished and could not forget that he did when he had first planned this entire scene it was mrs edmonds and her daughter whom he had especially meant to impress he hardly knew what he had expected from them it happened that their seat was across the church from the one that he occupied as far removed from his indeed as space would permit and during the period of their estrangement it had not seemed strange that they had not even exchanged bows on sundays but on this day it was all to be different he had meant to put himself directly in their way once he had planned to hold out his hand to mrs Edmonds and gravely and magnanimously forgive her for all the supposed evil which she had done him on new year's day he had almost decided not to make that proposed call in order to have the excitement of the first meeting on that eventful sabbath finding himself not willing to wait for this he had compromised if marjorie should happen not to be at home then he would wait until sunday and looking at her with grave reproachful eyes as he held out his hand to her would say may i walk with you a little way as we used to do in the old times but all these plans had been utterly and hopelessly destroyed he was a person of consideration but the ones for whom he had planned cared nothing about it he met them in the aisle it is true he had been determined that he would and bestowed upon mrs edmonds the most dignified of bows keeping its counterpart for marjorie then at just the right moment when it would be impossible for her not to hear he had said to the young lady in front of her estelle wait for me a moment please i must speak with old mr crawford he had put an air of quiet command into his tone as one who had the right to direct her movements and estelle's expressive face had responded delightfully to his power did marjorie understand it was the only thing he could think of to show her that he was not crushed poor ralph if his aim had been to astonish marjorie it is almost a pity that he could not have known how thoroughly he had accomplished it it happened that she had not heard of his intention until his name was announced in the church one who was watching her might have noticed that as she caught the name the blood rolled in waves over her face and then as quickly receded leaving her very pale indeed her surprise amounted almost to dismay her own decision in regard to this matter had been so very recent and her experience so brief that the thought of recognition by the visible church had not even as yet occurred to her almost immediately however she had thought of ralph had recalled what glyde had said about her influencing him and had wondered in what ways she could bring that influence to bear upon him even now so that he might be one for christ all those first days of her christian life this may have been said to have been her study a brave and loyal study every thought of influence which she had planned to bring to bear upon him she had resolved must come through estelle douglas she must reach and influence her estelle was a church member and could therefore be approached on the subject with some hope at least that she would be interested and if she could be led to feel as glyde did for instance of course her thought and prayer would be for ralph such was marjorie's plan and she had prayed long about it that morning a peculiar prayer chiefly a cry to this newly found powerful friend of hers to take from her heart the feeling of aversion for estelle douglas which had grown upon her of late and help her to love her and be intimate with her and to try in all wise kind ways to help her christward she prayed that she might do this for her sake and not alone for ralph bramletts coming from such a prayer It struck her strangely, almost bewilderingly, that this young man for whose soul she had wrestled was far ahead of her, was actually being received that day into the church, and she had not known that he had ever given this subject a serious thought. Strangely enough, this seemed to remove him still farther from her. If he had, during their estrangement, passed through the experience which had just come to her, without a thought of her in it all, with no desire to help her then indeed he must have gotten very far away from the old friendship once more she asked herself the sorrowful question why he could not in it all have acted like a friend she thought about it sorrowfully during the walk home while her mother and mr maxwell talked together how strange it all was such a little time ago that she and ralph had gone that november morning in search of nuts and pleasure and had spent one of their gayest and happiest days together then he had acted so strangely that evening and then she had not exchanged a dozen words with him since and the gulf was widening every hour between them could she even be friends with estelle and try to help through her perhaps for some reason he did not want even this how very strangely he had acted since he was a man and had a right to speak why had he not come to her frankly and told her the story of his discoveries and asked her to rejoice with him in his new plans and hopes she thought that she could have done it she had put herself so entirely into the background that for the time being she believed herself ready to rejoice with him in anything that gave him joy how unaccountable it was that it had seemed to him necessary to put this old friend of his so utterly away from him that he could not even clasp hands with her on this morning of mornings she had it in her heart to say ralph i am so glad god bless you and he had given her no chance Arriving at home, she went directly to her room, and closed and locked her door, and locked the communicating door, and sat down on a low chair by the window, which was her favorite seat, and hid her face in her hands. She shed no tears, she was rarely given to tears. Be glad for her that after a few minutes of intense and nerve-straining silence, she slipped from her chair to her knees she believed that life was thorn-spread for her but she had found a comforter in the parlor was mr maxwell looking for a book and preparing to pass the brief interval of time which intervened between the church service and his going out for his dinner contrary to her usual custom mrs edmonds lingered also she had seen the look on her daughter's face she knew that she must be left alone that even the sound of someone moving about in that other room would be perhaps a pain to her so she waited below moving restlessly from one point to another taking up and laying down first a book then a paper presently seeing mr maxwell's inquiring eyes upon her she laughed a little consciously i am really developing nerves in my old age she said i hardly know why i should feel so disturbed one thing i am afraid of that i am growing suspicious and cruel in my judgments i have no good reason for it but i cannot believe in the sincerity of that young man who was received into the church to-day i hope i may be doing him injustice but i really could not feel as though there was anything but the merest form about it all he did not laugh in response as she had half expected that he would but instead dropped the book at which he had been looking and began a slow thoughtful walk up and down the room his face grave almost sad at last he stopped before her still grave perhaps we are both being over critical he said i must frankly confess to you that without sufficient cause it may be i have very much the same feeling i have seen a little of the young man lately and i must own that the service this morning the part of it with which he was connected gave me only pain we have too many church members now whose entire moral standard is low still of course we may both be mistaken let us hope and pray that it may prove so end of chapter twenty three